Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we are talking about the 1978 American action film, Good Guys Wear Black, starring Chuck Norris and directed by Ted Post. It's a Ted Post production. <laughs> uh, with me, as always, is the waxed back of Chuck Norris himself, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? <laughs> Everything is a holiday. Every day is a holiday. I like that I give you these and you can't just quickly respond. Um, what, I will ask you this, though. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking an, uh, the rest of my Benchmark bottle. It's the first time in a long time that I've sipped off the same bottle in two mm-hmm. days in a row. Two podcasts nice. in a row? No, two days in a row. Oh, well, because you were having that on our last podcast. I know. So I hadn't drank in between then and now. I see. Oh. I'm having something called, like, Ghost Owl, I think. Yeah, it is Ghost mm-hmm. Owl. It's a Pacific Northwest whiskey. And well, that sounds Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Ghost Owl, right. Um, it's. I can't actually tell you. This is my first uh, drink of it. And I should be having it neat uh, to give, like, a real flavor profile kind of thing. But it was so hot today. I put it on the rocks, and mm. it's a little watered down, so I don't know what it tastes like, really. It tastes like bourbon, and it tastes good. I I can't argue with you there. And I'm also having cider, hopped cider. And, um, yeah, those are both, like, my hot weather things. Now, cider always tasted too, like, sweet. It was oh, always like I was like, eating a bag of sugar. It is. It is. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, talk up the cider. He's like, I'm not proud of it. It's an... <laughs> Not... Everyone's allowed one deviation in life. This is mine. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm trying to um, just like cut all grains out. So uh-huh. the next thing that's like beer, beer without grains is cider. <laughs> just sheer sugar. Yeah. But what I wanted to do instead <laughs> is drink a bunch of fermented apples because yeah. <laughs> that's that's better. Why don't you just switch to mead? I'm sure I that's know. probably better yeah. for you Yeah. and right. your pancreas. All the things. Okay, well, a quick Chuck Norris thing. Um, do you think that he actually watches Way of the Dragon and he just kicks himself? Like, think of this realistically, not just as a like as a bit. Do you think he watches Way of the Dragon and he's like, fuck, I wish I would have been smart enough to wax myself. Like, it's my first time on camera. I'm taking off all my clothes. Like, maybe he really had, like, body confidence prior to that, that he was like... Because if you remember, his whole back... Like, there was hair coming out of the back of his shorts from his ass. Like, he, he was the hairiest fucking guy I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there's a part where Bruce Lee rips the hair off the front of his chest and blows it at him. I mean, we're making fun of his hair. Do you think he's ever just, like, you know, just go back in time and just be like, Hey, Chuck, it's the ghost of Chuck future. <laughs> don't don't go on that fucking camera if you don't go wax your back. Because it's gross, bro. No, I think, like, the whole, like, long hair, mustache, you know, chest hair. I think that was just all part of the se- that era of the 70s, you know? Like, you had your gold medallion and your chest hair looking like, you know, a werewolf, you know? Well, this is 78, kind of... and he did sh- he did wax his back. Oh, I, I didn't realize he waxed his back. I wasn't uh, really paying attention. No, you've got to go, like, just Google uh, anybody. You guys can just Google. It's one of those. Just Google... Uh... Good guys wear black, Chuck Norris naked, <laughs> and then Way of the Dragon, and now it's, like, insane. It's like, oh. But is, isn't his chest still hairy as fuck? Yeah, exactly, Christian. yeah. Like he, mean, yeah. And he kept that, because it's, like, a masculinity thing. Yeah. But before, it was like, uh, are you really a human? Like, people just don't grow hair like that. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not supposed to. Like, that's obviously why when this is what he considers. So, he up to this is his third third fourth film 
his first film, I can't remember the name of it, but he was just a, a bit actor. Then he did um, Way of the Dragon, which is when he was um, the Neanderthal super hairy man, and which was great because he had a name in that like Western text or something stupid. Then he did a movie uh, called Breaker Breaker, where he was a truck driver, and I don't think he took off his shirt in that. I'd have to. I've only seen it once, but he considers this his first real film. This is the one that like, he had feedback. And he obviously said, finally, like, guys, get that hair off my back. <laughs> Come on. I'm a human. I want people to see that I actually have muscles and skin and not just fucking hair. You know, I, I, I hate to let you down, but I hadn't really thought about it that much. I, I mean, I always feel I always find it funny because, you know, it's it's so visceral. Right. Like, yeah. how can that be comfortable? Right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like I don't like, and no one likes to let even like you know everyone even trims their their bush, right? Right. You know, like, why would you let any part of your body get that hairy outside of maybe your armpits? I don't know. Can you but, imagine uh, at that point? Like he's like, some woman's like, oh, I want you, Chuck. You're awesome. You're a karate champion of the world. And he pulls down those shorts, and you can't see any kind of penis it's just like fucking long long hair it's like down to the middle of his thighs he's like hey what's up ladies like imagine on a hot day you know you got so much hair on your body like your back your chest like i don't understand it i don't even understand long hair maybe every time he did a roundhouse kick he cringed because it was pulling his his, like ball hair he's like ow ow!" it gave him like extra adrenaline to actually win the tournament (laughs) Like imagine if like he, like he caught like a zipper on his like chest hair, right? You know, like yeah. that would suck, man. No, I, I don't understand that, yeah. but I don't have to worry about that. That's not my. my I'm assuming he um he waxed because they say his back hair just go away. I mean, it's that or he lost all of his hair from all finally all the sex he was having, just like his back rubbing against <laughs> the hard sheets, starting to strip him of his shell like a snake. And then, like, imagine if the like, hot chick was laying her head on his chest, and she'd just be like into like awkward chest hair. But she just can't you know? breathe. There's like too much hair. It's like getting in her nose and mouth. She's like, oh, it, it, I love your celebrities, but I just can't do this. I don't think it's like curled like pubic hair, so it doesn't get in your eyes. You know, <laughs> I think it's like just straight. You know, be rough. <laughs> All right, well, all right. That's so, a very um, interesting perspective on this movie. Now I know why you have your own podcast. Mm, mm. All right, so, I never would have went there with it for a few minutes. Good guys, wear black. Uh, here's the Wikipedia synopsis. Former soldier John T. Booker, Chuck Norris, who is now a teacher, takes a leave of absence when he learns his friends from Vietnam are mysteriously dying. Booker, who is part of an elite unit in the war called the Black Tigers, starts visiting his army buddies to try to warn them that they are in danger. As more black tigers are killed, Booker Khan connects the murder spree to a high-ranking Vietnamese official who is working with a U.S. politician. And that also, for all of you guys, it's a spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler! (laughs) Over. It's over. There's also a girl, and he has sex with her. It's Ann Archer, and she's awesome. Okay. Uh, Okay, so we start this in Paris, 1973. Um, I don't know why we're in Paris, but they're showing Paris in 1973, which is... Oh, I know why. Or at least in 78, and calling it 73. But it was cool to see the old arc and the, you know, the stuff. 
Well, um, originally we got into Vietnam because uh, Vietnam was a uh, French colony. And when they were unable oh. to handle the resistance, we started jumping in, like, at first indirectly and then directly. So that's why we would more than likely hold the peace talks in Paris. Ooh la la. Or, oh, <laughs> Wee wee oh You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this is an interesting movie because 78, I don't know how many I'd seen that actually discussed prisoners of war, or I guess they're in this, they're just calling them MIAs, right? Yeah, missing in action. Yeah, exactly. Which is, of course, Chuck Norris did missing in action one, two, I think there was even a three. And those came after First Blood Rambo, which, so this is really early take on it. And, I guess starting from the beginning, I think they kind of outlined this like, well, we're going to, we're making a deal with these assholes. So we're actually just going to not save the prisoners of war. We're just going to go ahead and kill everybody. So Bruce and his crew of the black tigers, they fly in and there's this horrible botched rescue scene where nobody's doing a great job. The best part of it is Chuck actually does get to do some karate. <laughs> but yeah what do you think well a couple things so yeah. it, it what's later on revealed is that the specific request by the vietnamese government is that the black tigers themselves who have like been sent in to do these dirty missions under the phoenix program of the cia he their their deaths is what he was actually negotiating for but they're sent in under the guise of saving some american soldiers mm-hmm. so they show up to the designated spot and it's like, Viet Cong wrong, you know? Yeah, it was. Okay, so here's something about all these Vietnam movies that I never really put a lot of um, thought into until I got older. So it's years after the war. Why do you have so many heavily armed villages with unarmed prisoners of war in pits? It's like, guys, it's it's over. Are they expecting Gene Hackman, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone? Are they waiting for Chuck Norris to show up? I, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, for me, I thought this movie, for my synopsis of the movie, was a little bit different. It was... Uh, yeah, give it to me. If, if somebody had been... If, we, if you and I could go back in time, and somebody had been stupid enough to give us money to make a movie, and, like, the movie starts out with a really plausible idea that the State Department is trying to broker a peace with the North Vietnamese, and, you know, it's kind of, like, shady, and it kind of addresses the the grievances of war and politics. And then, like, you and I, like... And the the dialogue throughout the movie, there are points where it really glimmers, but then, like, the movie just becomes a shit show. Yeah. And I just imagine it was... It was the Matthew Whitaker and the Lee Van Cleef of the 70s, like, spent all the budget on drugs and hookers and <laughs> lit it up someplace overseas and then we had to fly back and produce a script in, like, three days. So the first quarter of this is the big rescue scene in Vietnam, and it's pretty... Yeah. It's pretty okay. I, at this point in the movie, I wasn't back into it. I saw this in the theater when I was uh, seven years old. And uh, I remember liking it a lot. Um, I remember loving what the cover shows, which is Bruce Lee kicking through the windshield into Guy's face. And I'm like, you yeah, mean, uh, you mean, it's the you, best you thing mean you Chuck could... Norris. Right? <laughs> you what did I say? Bruce Lee. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, let me start that over. No, good. Just keep it in there. That's hilarious. Because right, that's, that's what we all really want is Bruce Lee, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I... what are we even doing except making more Bruce Lee movies? <laughs> anyway, I just never forget him 
I can't believe I did that. Anyway, him kicking nice. through the windshield into the guy's face, and I thought that is the best. And when it happened as a seven-year-old in the theater, I'm like, yes, in his face. So that said, uh, I'm watching this again as an adult, and I'm like, uh, I'm kind of going through this whole rescue scene. I'm like, it's bad. And Chuck does his karate, and there's a lot of machine guns. So finally, five years later, 1978, which is when the film was actually released, Chuck is wearing his awesome... I mean, this this movie, I will never give it shit for not having the best costumes. So Chuck is wearing, like, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s, like, fucking outfit and driving this Porsche around this awesome track. And I'm like, ooh, the movie changed. So now... I'm getting a little excited. Yeah, you know, and about the Viet Cong wrong operation, like one one of the things it really did was made me appreciate eighties action, because there's kind of the elements there. There's like guns, and they're kind of out in the open. But it's like it's kind of like the unhappy uh, end of the spectrum, where it's like it's completely unbelievable. Like people are just not even aiming. I saw like a Thompson minigun at one point of a Mac 10. I'm like, really? Are you going into the jungle with only a Mac 10? You know, he, uh, Chuck's only got a revolver. He's wearing a a ball cap. (laughs) (laughs) I was mentally just totally like giving the fucking wanking off gesture. Just like, fuck off. I've seen it. I'm done. And they're all overarmed. And there's big explosions. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yep, I've seen it before. And on if, the other end of the spectrum, you get like the 2000s action where everyone like looks like they they look like paramilitary trained by the U.S. special forces, right? And then you know, like in the 80s, you get kind of like that happy medium where it's kind of realistic but kind of not, and kind of inspiring, and the yeah. gunplay looks more realistic. And another thing was that when they got into that Jeep, they only went like 30 feet. (laughs) (laughs) They went right up the hill. Okay, this is where we're waiting for the chopper. Like, really? I was like, really? 30 feet? That's all we got going? They're not not going to find you, bro. They pull a Yui and they're done. I was like, (laughs) yes. And Uh, I guess that's kind of a weird like cinematic thing because then they're just like, well, we're stuck. And then it's five years later and they did escape. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's plot hole number like 3,401 in this movie. And, and guess I'd what? Like the... In this movie, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was like, fuck it, dude. We have to turn this shit in. Yeah. Where do you spend the money? No, you know? I, I like these two in the way that you're saying. Um, movies like this, they had a budget and they didn't care at all what you thought of it. Like, <laughs> they just didn't care. They're like, people are going to go. They don't have the internet. People aren't going to see the trailer and shit on it. They're just going to go to it because they want to see. Like, the whole movie's value is based on the poster. And the poster was like, it it was Chuck standing there and it said, everybody wants to kill this man or something like that. Like, everyone wants to kill this man. Find out why. I would have, well, I obviously did go to it. (laughs) I was like, I want to know why. Yeah. It was like, perfect. Yeah. You you express it so I and then on top of that like uh, one one of the things I really liked was like when they're flying in the helicopter yeah. he like he like pro tip he like puts down the window and puts his arm out because <laughs> that's normal yeah. yeah everybody knows that yeah I was just come on dying. it gets hot in those choppers <laughs> in those helicopters you just gotta you gotta let the air in yeah. <laughs> 
It was just like riding in a car. Just like, dude. Listen, if you point your gun at all your friends, then they'll know that you're serious about getting off first. Okay. All right, on to oh. the Porsche racing. So that's where we're at. We go ahead in time. And now we're in the 70s, and, and Chuck is cool. And yeah, what do you think? Like, give me some. I, I want to know what you thought of this whole racing scene. Oh, well, I thought they were trying to give him, like, I mean, they're trying to make him everything, right? Like, he, like, what do, what do you want to be? Like, why would you as do a that? Man? <laughs> as a man, you want to be, like, you want to be the best fighter, okay? You want to be the most handsome. You want to be a race car driver. Everybody wants to be a race car driver. You know, if you don't want to be a race car driver, you're gay. And you want to be a great lover. You want to attract all these women. I mean, everybody, like, tell me if you could get paid to be a Formula One driver. You wouldn't. Are you kidding me? Everyone wants to. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then they make it a Porsche 911, so he's sophisticated. He's worldly. Mm-hmm. You know? He's and, not just he, and, so... he's, and he's so busy, he won't even yeah. get into the car with the hot blonde that wants yeah. to hang out with him. I don't know. And when that girl's like, hey, I'll meet you at 7... Which is basically, let's get together for drinks and fuck. He's like, no, how about 5.30? <laughs> right. I'm going to be. Because I, I, I like Jesus. I got a second session of fucking that I got to Yeah, yeah. So. I can't premature ejaculate with you in that amount of time and meet my other engagements. <laughs> oh, wait, why didn't you bring real life back in? <laughs> Poor Chuck. Poor Chuck. It wasn't until he started doing the Bowflex that he really started learning his get some stamina. That's basically my Chuck experience. Until yeah. Recently. Well, so Ann Archer, she's hot. She plays this uh, di- uh, investigator lady. And I liked her a lot, actually. In fact, I think it's kind of funny because most of these movies have like a throwaway female lead. And she should have been, but she was kind of an established actor. Well, not kind of. She was an established actress. Um, but they still kind of threw away her part. Like, she really was just like... Like, he kept wondering, are you on their side? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> no, she's not. She's just a plain old hot chick that you're having sex with. She's so. just throwing herself at you, dude. <laughs> okay, so this great scene comes. They're done racing, and they're stopped at a stoplight, and he's traveling with her. I forgot the circumstances that get us to them together, but they're going to go do something. And his tow truck gets behind him in his Porsche, and I guess um, these, this particular model of Porsche, the uh, spoiler is made out of, like, titanium because the truck gets <laughs> behind him, starts pushing the spoiler and him out into the intersection, to which he um, it kicks in his awesome, like, super driving skills, and he does, like, a fucking super Yui and flips back around, <laughs> jumps out, runs up to the guy that was pushing him, and it's this ugly fucking, like... I mean, this guy, he looks miserable. He looks looks like a clown. He's like, accelerator got stuck. It was just... Uh. Yeah, and he kills the engine for him because he can't hear. You know, <laughs> over the big diesel truck. Like, yeah. What do you think of that scene? I, I mean, it was so bad. <laughs> it was good. You're just like... I Again, like, if if they had... If they were stupid enough... Like, you know how it is when we hang out. We feed off of each other. We go bad places together. Sure. You know, imagine like we're like we got a lot of money up front and we got to write a script. But do I? You know me. I don't want to sit in a room all day. And you know, you're an enabler too. And boom, the next thing you know, we're out there. We're not. We're not so, writing. Lee, we haven't written for days. Lee, listen. Um, hmm. All I have is tow truck tries to push the Porsche <laughs> into the intersection and then Chuck 
does super uh, donut comes back and challenges the guy. What do you think? I think that's fucking. You know, we got thirty minutes to turn the shit in, and that works. All right, you know, <laughs> submitted. We're done. All right, yeah. so that's uh, forty minutes into it. So okay. <laughs> Most of this is left up to the creative process and the, with the director and the oh, actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like, the whole movie's filled with that shit. You're like, what were you thinking? Right. Like, so, so we have that, and we're all like, hmm, this is weird. Uh, he has, and he has sex with her. And of course, of course. And we to... never see her naked, by the way. Bullshit. I know. I know. That would have been great. I Googled, and it was awesome. I mean, I would have liked to put my my arrow into her quiver. You should have Googled. I mean, come on. Oh, I, I'll do it later. Yeah. All right. anyway. She's no Susan Denberg. <laughs> um, so then Chuck's like laying there in bed with her in the morning. I mean, it's bright light morning, like 9 a.m. Yeah. And he's like drooling onto his pillow and tears are coming out in sweat. And he's having some sort of nightmare from the night in 73. <laughs> when he was left behind after driving <laughs> 30 meters from the <laughs> Vietnamese village and left behind. So. But the best part about that is he's like, she's like, who the hell, you know, leaves the alarm and he comes back and he's ready to go for a run and then he puts on his shoes with no socks. <laughs> I know. No socks. And he Process was such a, that. He was such a morning dickhead. He was like, um, She's like, he's like, well, you can come with me. She's like, oh, I had enough exercise last night. And he's like, that's cool. <laughs> She's like, well, breakfast? He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, if you can find some shit in the fridge, you do it. Good luck. Fuck off. I'm Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. I banged you like a screen door in a hurricane. <laughs> exactly. I forget all about you in about two to three days. He's like, I think you need to shower to get some of my hair off of you. Yeah. <laughs> You still smell like my semen. Too soon? <laughs> Not too soon. No. no. She's like, he's like, it looks like you had a mustache right now from blowing me from all my hair. And it <laughs> shower it off of you. <laughs> I'm picturing her with like a blonde beard. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, delicious. public. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Movie the, officially the... ruined. <laughs> what? The movie is officially ruined at this point. <laughs> Actually, do, I, it's right now. Right now, this movie hits. So, to our listeners, you're going to watch this. And you're going to get to this point. You're going to be like, oh, the Cinnabon guys lied. This is not good. But we already warned you. The What did you call the rescue scene? Uh, uh, Viet Cong wrong. Operation Viet Cong wrong. Yeah, Operation Viet Cong wrong. We already told you it's wrong. It's terrible. And then uh, we only really had about 15 minutes between the Porsche racing, the tow truck pushing it into the road, and then Mm -hmm. sex. So the next thing we're going to do is go find his friend. And somehow we have all all these friends. We have this weird steam engine. I don't know why. I don't know why this guy operates a steam engine. Because he's retarded from the war. <laughs> well, they kind of established he's retarded. I still don't understand why he's operating a steam engine. But Chuck shows up and he's like, hey, bro. He's like, oh, I missed you. Like, blah, 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 because I'm retarded. Like, they, they're just, like, you know, making him do his thing. <laughs> it was really funny. He was like, well, get down here. Like, I don't want you to die. I want you to, like, be my friend. And, and by the way, um, have you talked to any reporters? He's like, yeah, I talked to this one. 
then he's like coming out of the train to join Chuck to have like a chat. And bam! Yeah. A fucking bullet in the chest. I'm like, wait, what? So somebody just sniped him? So from all the plot holes in this whole goddamn thing, why not just snipe Chuck first? Exactly. All of them. They're all, all right them. there. All of them. I mean, you could just, you could have done Chuck first. And then the retired guy would have been like, what happened to Chuck? And then they could have got him. And then Ann Archer would have been like, what? And then, done. She's like, did you like the halibut that I left the note with you on my lipstick on the mirror that wasn't as good as when, what's his cunt did it in that movie? What's the name of that movie? Uh, Steven Seagal. Um, A Hard Target. we did with Hermione. Hard Target. Or no, Hard to Kill. Hard to kill. Yeah, sorry. Remember when he remember when he wrote <laughs> like on the back of the toilet seat? Yeah. Oh, that the was threat? so good. <laughs> That's but, what I thought of. I had flashbacks to that. I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? Like, why would you leave him a note in your lipstick? That just seems kind of like a bullshit maneuver. He's got to clean that off." Exactly. Exactly. You know? right, so I'm finally right now like, okay, this movie's starting to pick up, but I'm still not convinced. No. Because what's happening are things. Like, you got to choose for yourself. We're not doing a plot thing. Because they just witnessed a murder of the guy on the steam engine. And they jump in their car and they're rushing to the airport. Because they need to get to Squaw Valley, California. And warn uh, Black Tiger number... Black Tiger? Black Tiger. Um, this is like Mark or Billy or something. So yeah. He's on the ski No, I mean, I mean, he was part of the Black Tiger. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Tiger. Yeah, Black Tiger friend number two. So he's in Squaw Valley, California at this ski resort. They're they're driving like a motherfucker. They get their tickets. This is pre-TSA, so it's beautiful to watch this film and see there's nobody checking anybody's anything. Bam, they fly. They have the greatest scene where they're in the air. Yeah, the sneezing guy. So right by the lavatory, there's somebody who keeps like conspicuously sneezing every time they walk by, like... Look at me, look at me. You know, like, could not, could not be any more suspicious if you tried. Like, and, and so, like, then um, Chuck Norris, who is, like, you know, he's the everyman, right? He's, like, he's Bruce Wayne meets, like... Paul um, Bunyan. Well, I was going to say uh, meets Sherlock Holmes. He's, like, yeah. the greatest detective meets Bond, you know? Yeah. He's, he's everything, you know? And he's, like want to go check out our friend is he do you recognize our friend back there and she's like so she pretends to go to the bathroom with her nice luscious knockers and that sweater oh that and was then, that blonde, that uh yeah. ivory sweater yeah it's almost long, like yeah. oh very nice i can imagine anyway um so then she comes back and he, he like every time they go by he's like Hachoo! it's just it's just ludicrous and uh yeah i mean I, the whole movie is like that like it's it's literally like they just wrote a few scenes and they were like well you guys figure it out in post we're good no it was good yeah so then um, she tries to see he tries to see they're not sure they get down and they're like pretending to hang out by like this uh, a phone, phone booth. Booth. make yeah make to pretend to make a phone call yeah and they see yeah. oh a girl comes up so cool so it yeah. wasn't him yeah, he's oh. just some Chinaman that's just coming over here to fulfill It's a Chinaman that looks like a white guy, but he's yeah. wearing like a fake beard thing. So it's not him. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's just some Chinaman who's correcting his wife. Remember he put like a little finger up like, you? oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, that airplane. I fly a lot. Yeah. I was like so blown off. I'm like, well, so there are no flight attendants. 
You don't have to wear seat belts. There's like eight feet of room in front of each chair. <laughs> like, wait a goddamn minute. I want to go back to 78. People are like getting high in the back. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sneezy guy. I mean, he was probably huffing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. All right. So this is where finally. So I'm like getting into this at this point because I'm remembering a lot, but I'm also like now I'm having fun. So they have to spend the night. Uh, they have sex again because, you know, she's like, I swear to God, I'm your your girlfriend and it's not I'm not a bad person. So they do their thing. Then they wear the most 70s ski gear. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful, right? Dude, that was the highlight of my notes. <laughs> well, give it, give it to me. Dude, okay, so she's kind of got like whatever, you know. He's got like baby blue <laughs> ski jacket with overalls and a baby blue <laughs> beanie that's like... You would have to be, like, blind and, like, <laughs> making it out of clay and have Down syndrome to make this thing. And then, like, he meets his buddy and he's wearing, like, the exact same thing but in yellow. Like, sports car yellow. There's a part where she's helping him buckle his <laughs> buckles like a little baby. I'm like, what? I cried when I saw that. When they, when they meet, I was like, oh, my God. How is this in a movie? How is this? How did people pay for these clothes? Yeah, they're watching the shitty TV show with some political crap, which is relevant to the scene. He's like, turn it off. We gotta go. Grab the keys. And they're buckling themselves into their big little... (laughs) (laughs) The only thing worse than than his was his buddies. It was just the worst thing I've ever seen. Let's talk about his buddy, because this is the scene that changed the whole thing for me. He goes up, uh, I'm sorry, so to be clear, Chuck and Ann Archer, whatever their character names are, they go up a ski lift, and they're kind of looking around, like, we don't know where to find the dude. They find the dude, and he's wearing the thing you were talking about, this cheesy outfit. So I'm like, all right, well, he's actually going to be able to help him, because last time... It was just somebody shot the fucking train guy. So not a big deal. Now we're up on a fucking like mountain. He can't get him that quickly. And the dude's like, oh, I thought your red alert was fake. Okay, well, I'll meet you at the bottom. Hold these. And he just goes and starts skiing down the mountain. I'm like, wait, what? So then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like he'll get to the bottom and they'll shoot him. But no, like this guy's like expert skier. And he hits this jump. And while he's in the air, he's like, 20 feet in the air like whoa having a good time he gets shot in the chest so not only is the sniper waiting for him but they don't want to just kill him easily they want to make it hard for the sniper they want to wait till he's getting air like so they can follow his body across anyway this is the first time my notes just said lol shot him in the air (laughs) why would you do that to show off how awesome your squibs are yeah right like in the air boom it was just perfect. And then he he goes down and then she runs away and then and then the, the sniper shoots the sniper who could hit a guy in the air can't hit anybody standing still. You right. notice that? Like he take she takes a couple pop shots to up the uh up the range, misses, and then uh John T. Booker, Chuck Norris, gets on the ski mobile and chases down the sniper, who then like like, after, like, a certain shot, it's all shot in, like, the hills of Southern California. 
It's like all desert. And so like they're in their ski gear and she's on a dirt bike and he kicks her off the dirt yes! bike. Yes! Because my second note is LOL, he kicked her off the motorcycle. <laughs> like runs down a hill, catches her on a completely ice-free road in a completely different ecosystem with no snow. It's clearly Southern California. Kicks her off. And then like he like he goes, checks her, leaves her body for dead. It's a woman. And then he goes up and he waits in the bushes for an undetermined amount of time for the right <laughs> car to go by, which is his girl. And then he flags her over and he's like already taking off his ski gear because he's dying of heat. He's like, he's literally <laughs> sweating all around. The, like if you've ever been in a really hot environment and you've worn like layered clothes like it. Like he doesn't even need, he wouldn't have needed ski gear anyway yeah, to get he, up top. And he's like drenched in sweat. His his like collar is sweating. His hair is sweating. He looks like he's in Southern California heat in ski clothes. And he's already got the the jacket off, but he's still wearing all the other layers. And she's all like in normal clothes, and she's kind of sweating a little bit. Because I didn't know, I didn't it. understand that. Like this was only been about ten minutes. She left the top of the mountain, went back down, changed her clothes, had a shower, and then got in the car and started looking for Chuck. There's no snow anywhere around them no. whatsoever. No. It's it's the laziest production of ever. I mean, like it's beautiful. Like you well, said, like, they I just mean, didn't give I a mean, fuck. let me ask you. Snow, uh, Squaw Valley is a resort in California. I bet they spray their own snow. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not from California. No, but Cal- Colorado does that. I don't know. Breck, I, I, Breck gets I, I, like I, these I, machines out there. That they like cover the top of the mountain with snow so people can ski, but all down below it's like eighty degrees. I grew up in Oregon. We didn't. I, did, I didn't. Okay, so now things start to get good. We're going to the yes. airport. <laughs> we're going to the airport, and uh, we're sending a Maria off on a plane. What was her name? I don't. I don't really. Good. Know. You don't know Maria. <laughs> Chuck is sending Ann Archer off on a plane, and um, bad guy five thousand. Uh, who at this point is an Asian dude wearing a gray Sean Connery beard. <laughs> He's like, this is, Over his Fu Manchu. This is my submarine. Anyway, yeah, Fu Manchu, he's up there, he's like, mm, I'm a regular white man. <laughs> anyway, he gets it all ready. Uh, he I has, for Nixon. <laughs> okay, he has a, a suitcase bomb that has... A uh, kitchen timer in it, so... and it's just, and it's just literally like they literally took a piece of styrofoam packing, cut a hole, and put items in it. Like literally, that's all it is. It's the worst bomb I've ever seen in cinematic history. I would agree with you, actually. Uh, yeah, because it's just it's like styrofoam, or, yeah, and then a kitchen timer. So he puts it on thirty minutes, which I I would have thought like go for forty, but he goes for like thirty minutes, and he closes it up. And then uh, he has a, a bit of a battle with uh, Chuck. So no, 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 you're getting it wrong. No, so yeah, give it to me. I mean, I'm, so, you know what I mean. So, like he does so, fight with Chuck here in a minute. He opens up the trunk, and he's wearing the. He, first of all, he's wearing a horrible wig, and he's wearing a fake beard. Right. And he uh, he's he opens up the trunk, and it would have behooved them to just like have him like fiddling around, and then played the ominous music. With him pulling the suitcase out of the I could have done anything. I could have had, like, fucking Play-Doh in there, lined (laughs) up, 
and he just hits a button. Fake dynamite attached to a clock. I don't know. I'll take any of it. I'll take the clock. Yeah, old school clock. I'm like, you know what? Those it still just work. Didn't look like a bomb at all. Mm-hmm. And then he like he closes it up, and then like his he, and then um, for reasons that cannot be ascertained, uh, Chuck Norris is going to take the next flight out. And the girl that is in love with him and is probably pregnant because they haven't been using protection gets on the plane that's leaving out now to get to D.C. And, uh... All right, so he wouldn't have taken the same plane. No. She's going to D.C. He's going to L.A. No, no, no. Yet he says something really dumb to her, like, well, I did it round trip, so (laughs) you could fly back here, so then you could fly to San Francisco. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, so... I guess the air travel is just weird. Remember, yeah. we had to turn this in in like 30 minutes. Okay? Right. And then, oh, you're right. There was a, there was a deadline. <laughs> yes. And we blew all the money on the Coke and hookers. I mean, what would we do? I do love uh, Coke. I, and hookers. Um, so, and and, hookers. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to leave that out. I'm just like... <laughs> it's implied. I get it. Um, but... <laughs> But then, uh, but then, like we've got the we've got like the guy like looking the Asian guy looking through like some tiny little hole like a peeping tom, <laughs> and he's just watching the plane. And then we got Chuck Norris like sitting there triumphant and happy. Yeah. Like, At one point, like, they have a break where they share uh, yeah. vending machine coffee. <laughs> the last thing you have before you die, lady. He's got like that stupid smile that you get when you just come, you know. And right. He's just totally. into the no, window. you're right. He was like, that, yeah. was a, "That was a good night." Yeah, and then and then he's watching the plane take off, and it's like the worst fake explosion ever. Mm-hmm, and mm. it's not like a partial explosion that leads to another explosion; it's like a total explosion. And then and then like he like for some odd reason the okay the wait fl- wait my notes lol he blew up a fucking plane. <laughs> yeah. I mean I laughed out loud when that plane blew up. I'm like, what? Like, who blows up a whole plane to stop the one? He could have just shot her. He could have just... He killed a plane full of people. Like, why? Because then it makes it harder to track. Yeah. Right? Right? Because then they have to do the forensics. That's going to take forever. All right. So let's get to the next scene, because I want to talk about what happened. Yes! Now, this, like, for the, the backstory on this is, like, I'm like I didn't grow up with Chuck Norris. I'm literally a decade. My 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 developmental action movies were a decade after Ghosts. So Ghost has always talked to me about Chuck Norris. But it's, but by the time I really saw Chuck Norris, I was like, he sells Bowflexes. I don't really. Yeah, care. fucking Walker Texas Ranger bullshit. But like it would be like somebody from you know the late '90s telling me, oh Jean Claude Van Damme, you know he's only on Sony Crack. All his movies are garbage. I'm like, no no no, he did some other stuff in the day that was pretty good. So I saw this movie one night, and if like everything else that ever happened between me and Ghost in this podcast, I'm always like hammer drunk about ready to pass out. And I see this movie, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna watch it for Ghost. And I don't watch a lot of movies or TV, but I love Ghost. He's my he's like my brother. So I watch it, and I'm like, this movie is hilarious. And the thing that stuck with me until the day that I die is I've never seen anyone pull out a 38 special and then put a silence Thank you! Thank you! Oh my god, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I actually wrote down in my notes, because, again, I was laughing out loud. I think he's putting a silencer <laughs> on a fucking revolver! And on the 38 special, though. Like, special of all things, like, right? Who? What? Like, <laughs> how did you file off the front of the site on that to thread it? So it was you could like put... the most genius thing I've ever uh... seen. I was like... <laughs> 
I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it either. I was like, is this real? I was like, I was like as much as I love guns and and I like just all kinds of things that involve history and war and conflict, Me. but I've never honest. seen anything like that. I googled it. I like, is it possible uh-huh. to put a fucking revolver? I'm sorry, a silencer on a revolver? The answer is no. I mean, because well, like because they don't thread the barrels the same way, right? No, no, no. Like, it isn't even just that the the amount of fucking noise that comes from the hammer hitting it, like because in the revolver style, there's no shrouding of it like you'd have with you know. Yeah, it's not gas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, yeah. it would be loud as fuck with a silencer on it. Well, yeah. and I was like, and it looked like it looked a little small to to silence that, and I was like. But I was, like, blown away because I had never heard or seen or even thought of that. Like, because, like you said, like, when you think of a revolver, you think of a couple of things. Like, a thirty special, you think of portability. Yeah. When you think of, like, you know, a three fifty seven, you think of uh, range, uh, accuracy, and stopping power. Right? Like, and, I mean, I've got nothing against revolvers. I mean, it's not my I opinion. love revolvers. I've fired but, many, uh, and they're, they're awesome. Yeah. But uh, I would never think that I could <laughs> to put a silence on it. Yeah, no, no, they're they're actually <laughs> extremely accurate because you don't deal with the mechanics of mm-hmm. a semi-automatic. You got to like hold it tightly, and you have yeah, to, yeah, it's not you can't be as loose as you can with like a forty-five. Yeah, or a nine or something. That's right. Like, yeah, like something yeah. like most semi-automatics, you don't have to fucking hold it like you're stopping it from hitting it in the face. But you know, a, a revolver. They, if you're not holding it tight, it can smack you right in the fucking head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's an it's an ancient technology, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. But... So I want to keep this going because yeah. of this. So yes, I'm glad you pulled that out, Lee, because that was I was like, I couldn't wait to hear your take on it because I knew <laughs> when I saw the silencer getting screwed onto the front of that old school 38 special revolver. I'm like, wait, oh, what? Dear. God damn it, they did have no you budget. You would think if, like, that was... Con- like, first of all, I don't even think see how that's even reasonable. And then on top of that, like, you would think if that was actually a real thing, that it would be used in real life, yeah. and that it would be recorded, and also be put into cinema, yeah. you know? Yeah, out, out it's of never all, I've never, ever, ever, I want to see it ever heard or seen of that. It should be in a GTA machinima. I gotta get you to my next LOL, because it's happening a moment later. So oh, I already know. He's shooting, he's shooting. Oh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. This is funny. He's shooting, he's shooting. He doesn't get our guy. They start actually fighting. So Chuck and yes. Asian guy with gray beard. And then um, I think Chuck's about to win. And then the dude, he just threw a woman at him. He's like, mm, woman. Was, <laughs> the, I already know where you're going. Go ahead. So again, my note is, LOL, he threw a woman at him. But here's the thing. like he, Like, the woman is bigger than that dude. Yeah. And then he shoves her, and then, right. like, they do a scene. This is where I, had, I wish I had Steven. Because they do, they do a scene, and then they show, like, another camera scene, and it's, like, Chuck Norris acting like he got hit by a fucking wrecking ball. He did, right? He's falling <laughs> down. I'm like, wait, how did... A woman knocked... I mean, what? <laughs> the best acting he did all night, and it wasn't even believable. Okay. You know? All right. So now we're hitting it home. So then finally comes the iconic scene. The scene from the poster. <laughs> uh, the dude gets in a car and he's like, I'm just going to fucking like kill you. So he drives at Chuck. Chuck jumps in the air and does his super, like that kick that's so good. With the leg, is, leg up top is straight. 
The bottom leg is like a triangle. It's mm, right in your face. It kicks through the windshield, which windshields don't work that way. But then, bam, hits him in the throat or whatever, kills him. My favorite part comes here, because this is actually my favorite part of this whole film. He opens the door, and we already know. You can even see who the guy is. But Chuck pulls the, the, <laughs> the wig off of him, and he's like, ah, just as I thought. The wig was so convincing. <laughs> I did not know, but now I know. <laughs> like, like, just Donald to make Trump sure we all steaks. Realize. Yeah. It's like, ah. Uh, I have the best steaks. <laughs> like, no, you don't. <laughs> right. That was it. It's like, uh, yeah, now we know. Good. Yeah, like, the best acting Chuck Norris did was collect his check and act like he did work. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, and then the best part is that they go to um, yeah. they go to the secretary. Give me the of next scene, Conrad. And they first of all they thread the doorman. Okay, so I would lines. like to throw out just really quickly: the doorman is Jim Backus, who is uh, Thurston Howell the Third from uh, Gilligan's Island. No idea what that means, but it sounds important. <laughs> Someone else will know. Okay, come on. <laughs> and so then they threaten him. Get him up to the door. He lies. He lets the secretary in. They start talking to him. His his apartment is bugged. There are agents down below in a van. And I love that the apartment nowhere... was meant to look fancy. Like it yeah. has like cheesy <laughs> fake art, but it's like the grossest apartment. Yeah. It's like yeah. the shittiest building in the whole place outside <laughs> of the fucking Viet Cong. All right. <laughs> keep, keep going. And then, and then like the apartment's bugged. So while they're getting this guy to, to tell the truth, um there's some agents in a van and out of nowhere this agent calls the bad guy the main protagonist and i'm like how <laughs> like he wasn't a cell phone he just picks up like a headset oh, like a regular good headset and i'm like how <laughs> how should, should how did happen? you call him yes and then i was like past ghost and lee van cleef fucked it up again man and then and they come out and first of all like I couldn't. At first, I was like, I, I write in like a shorthand with my notes, and it was like it just said like most colorblind motherfucker on the planet, and I was like, what was I writing about? And I'm sitting there drinking, and I'm thinking like, what did I write about that last night? And I was like, oh, that's right. And like Chuck Norris is wearing like a beige turtleneck. Oh yeah, with like a love that dark thing. brown suede jacket. And matching dark brown pants and mm-hmm. shoes. It was like the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And they get accosted by these three agents that they beat that they beat like worse than a government mule. This movie asked us to believe that Chuck Norris could look at somebody for a long time and seem so fucking like like offense uh you know, like scary yeah. that they do something. But it was never that. No, Chuck he, always looks like a pansy. He's just like, well, he I think, his, hmm. I think he's got a really nice demeanor, right? You know? Like he seems friendly. Yeah, he exactly like, like even when he's trying to intimidate somebody, he just kind of looks like he just wants to be their friend. Yeah, totally. Know? Like, well, we and could I just don't do a burger instead. You know who else got carried that throughout his career was Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude oh, Van Damme doesn't look scary. He looks like a nice guy. No, no. yeah, yeah. You want scary? Give me young, unfat, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Aikido man. I think Dolph Lundgren looks scary. 
Oh, of course he looks scary. Like, but if I... Dolph Lundgren wants to be your best friend or eat your pussy, I think he still looks scary. You know I, I mean? was going for Steven Seagal. Uh, he kind of looks like a Young child. Steven Seagal looked... Well, he, he's always been an impressive man stature-wise. but creepy. I... Well, he looks like his eyes are too beady. You will. Yeah, he's definitely beady, but it's all scary. Come on, man. I, I think Dolph Lundgren looks scary. I think, uh... Alright, well, let me just tell you this. The rest of this movie, I don't have any real notes, because we go to, like... I the, do. We go to the... Yeah, we go to the senator's house, and shit happens. And my next thing I want to talk about is the highlight. So, go for it, Lee. Give me... Well, I just I just want to say Conrad is handsome. What's Whatever your... that guy yeah, is. No, I don't know who he was. He's got a rigid, rigid face. He looks... You know who he looks like? He looks like the dad of the guy who played the bad guy in 300. Remember? Yeah. The bad oh, totally. Senator. Totally. They kind of look alike. They kind of have the same also looks like the dude that gets pushed in after raping the main girl in 300. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, he totally looks like... Okay. Start over. Okay. So he kind of reminds me of that guy from Mad Men and uh, 300. I can't remember his name. Oh, I know. But he... Um, but is the but they look from, alike. It's the guy from The Wire. Yeah, yeah he's the one that um, that Cersei, because that's her name on Game of Thrones. She kicks him into the pit. Right? Gord, no, it's Gorda, and she stabs him. Remember, and she's right. like, "This no, will no, not no, be." No, I'm sorry, the kicking. He's the, the bad the, senator. Sorry, yeah, no, it's like kicking in the pit with the, our man. Yeah, exactly. The emissary. Yeah, yeah. Cersei stabs him in the guts, and all of his like fake. Metal, yeah, all fake that's money. bad goal he got. Yeah. yeah, what a dickhead. Back in the day when we had a gold standard, huh? I hate that guy. Yeah, he, he's actually don't a they really kind good of, actor. Don't they kind of remind you of each other in a way? I What's mean, that? I kept, I, I was like, I thought I saw him from somewhere, but I, I <clears throat> no, this guy I mean, isn't the same at all. But they do have the same rigid jaw and a very English face. And that guy is famous from The Wire, uh, McNulty. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Fair enough. But I tell you, um, the next thing I have, are we ready to go for it? Let's go for it, Brad. All right. So uh, Chuck Norris goes ahead and I guess I hope in my world he kills the creepy guy who of was course. the same guy that pushed him into traffic with the tow truck with his Porsche. But that said, he gets, um, oh God, I got to look up that guy. Conrad. Well, yeah, so I'm going to say Conrad. But it is, to this point, it looks just like that guy. Anyway, whatever. Okay, keep moving. Um, and it's like kind of funny because he's like locked in the back of his own limo. We don't know what's going to happen. And I oh, don't yeah, know. Yeah, we it. do. I do. That was, it was obvious. He was going to die. Well, I thought he, he oh, might drive him somewhere and just keep him somewhere, but no, no, because what happens is, is that well, prior to that this. they try to bl- they try to exploit him with blackmail right. with a letter that they get from his secretary, but the guy had a contingency in place in case in case his secretary ever said anything. Exactly, has the guy sent to a mental institution to discredit him, and he's like, "Well, take it to the Washington Post. I don't care." And then they're so then they're leaving the building, and Chuck Norris sees that. The limo driver has the same bad haircut that he does with the same kind of hair. <laughs> and okay. so then he goes over there, takes takes over the car, and then the guy's like going on his Senate hearing to be confirmed as Secretary of State. Yeah. I lo- what I loved is I didn't realize when he was driving off it was Chuck. 
You may have, but I was. Yes, I was. It was. I was drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, once it was Chuck, I'm like, what? Oh, cool. Yeah, it felt good. (laughs) And then Chuck won't let him out, and my favorite thing in the world happens. At one point, he's like explaining to him. It's a really tedious scene, actually, but it's very short. So, to our listeners, don't worry. We're not setting you up for failure. But there's a scene. They're driving in a limo. Our senator's stuck in the back. He can't open the windows or doors or do anything. But finally, he's like, dude, I'm just going to take this, like, huge crystal-like goblet thing. What would you call that? The, this, what do you think? All right, whatever. Big crystal thing full of booze. Smash it through the window. It goes bam, oh, the and then the camera changes, yeah. and you're looking at the car just losing its shit. Yeah. And I don't think he actually hit him. I think he probably just like whatever. But blah blah blah. But then uh, it's my final lol. Lol. He drove him into the ocean. He just like California, boom, whole limo into the fucking water. Um, windows were all open on it for some reason, but it looked to me like. Uh, Chuck lived and shit had died. Of course. That's the only way it could be. Yeah, and for anyone who's listening and who cares what we have to say, or I have to say in particular, uh, it's 90 minutes long, and for me personally, I like to watch this movie and think about what I would have done differently. Yeah. You know? It, well, it was a funny movie. It was hilarious. It was it like was. I mystery swear to God. science theater 3000 kind of funny. This is like, I'm actually LOLing. Um, after yes. that after that scene of driving into the ocean, I'm like, oh, that's weird. And Chuck's swimming out. His bro just pulls up in a car. Cop From on the CIA. Yeah, yeah, like, we're done. That was it. He's like, you look like you have a busy morning. He's like, not as busy as you. <laughs> right. Yeah, you just killed a man. Just like so 80s. Like, oh, that's cool. Oh, good job, bro. Good and what's, job. what's cool is that right before all this happens, there's this sanctimonious... Uh, hysteronics between the two characters and this is how you know ghost and i would have written the movie right but like the history's all wrong on the bad guy's side oh, yeah. and and it like even like the sanctimony and the uh the the uh, and the righteous hatred uh, or anger of our of our main man was like just kind of weird and off-putting mm-hmm. and then like it just leads to him just killing him it was yeah. it was brilliant yeah in a bad way I loved it. All right. Well, okay. So this movie is perfect. Um, um, I feel like I had one more question for you. Maybe I don't. I mean, I guess I'll give you a final thought before we top six it. Uh, no, we're good, man. We spent like yeah, no, exactly. No, we all you guys hear us. It was awesome. And Chuck, I don't know. I forgive you for your. Trump it was a product of his time, man. It was a product of his time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Top six challenge. Are you ready? I'm always ready, baby. All right. Good guys do wear black. But do you know what they don't have? The Black Plague. Here are your questions, Lee, on the Black Death. Shit. <laughs> uh, what was the... Black Death originally called. Well, it's technically the bubonic plague. Nah, but it had a name. Like, cheesy names like the Black Death. No idea. Okay, 
It was called The Great Mortality. Oh, or, I know. Or <laughs> the Pestilence. I know that! Yeah, it was yeah. God's wrath on the European people. You had your so chance. Okay, mean, approximately what years did the plague hit Europe? After the Huns came in? No, I mean, you gotta give me dates. Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 1300s. 13, no, that's fine. It's 1348 to 1351. Okay. You won that one. Alright, so one down to yes. How is the plague spread? I, what happens is, is that merchant ships from the east came with mice that had fleas that were infested with the plague, which is kind of okay. A cruel so you're irony. getting there. I'm just going to help you with your answer. Uh, deal, lead with the the flea thing. What happens is, is that the fleas came in on these ships and they spread into port towns first. That's why port towns in the east. Or the Near East got infected first, and as they spread, what was cr- what was kind of a cruel irony is that in some medieval states they would literally try like animals for crimes to include rats and kill them. So it was kind of an affair and fitting in that these that these mice and rats that came in on merchant ships from the East with fleas infected with the plague got tried and convicted with capital punishment. You're brilliant. Now I think I'm going to give you the answer to this one because it was fleas, but I want to yeah. throw out that there's something special. So, why uh, pestis is what it's called infects its flea by blocking its stomach. The flea tries repeatedly to feed, but the blockage causes it to regurgitate, you know, bacteria into its host. So it's like fleas get like indigestion and it can't like digest, so it spits its shit back, and that's how it went. But you know, really, I guess the answer was fleas. Yeah, I mean that they were the the uh the but isn't that gross? for the plague. Well, I mean back in the I mean think about how sailing across any kind of large body of water in a slow place was. It was not yeah. pretty. Alright. How many people did it kill? Uh one quarter of the population of Europe. Um, I'm gonna actually hit you on this one. You're wrong. So you're too right. So the common quote unquote answer was three quarters. Oh. But it's well, not true. I'm wrong. Nobody really well, knows. And the real estimates are somewhere between 75 and 200 million people. But the answer is three quarters. Ah, okay. All right. Fair enough. What are the three types of plague? Well, I've already nailed bubonic. Yeah, you got bubonic. Clearly. The chronic. <laughs> okay, you're not going right. So... <laughs> Why pestis causes three varieties. Bubonic, caused by bites from fleas. Uh, pneumonic, lung Johnny. infection. Yeah, and then uh, septemic, which is a blood infection. Oh, okay. You're still going to win this right now when uh, I ask you the question that has no really good answer. What were some of the ways people tried to cure the plague? Oh, I have some, we all, and if you name we all, one. We all know the original way about uh, bring around the rosy, uh, ashes full of posy. So uh-huh. they would take ashes of roses and put them on their foreheads and, and dance around in a circle. The other one was actually there were plague doctors who rec- who recognized quarantine and uh, washing your actual hands and um, after treating a patient. Actually, um, the guy who did... Uh, Nostradamus. He was actually no. not a real physician. You got it. All those are dead on. Uh, there's also 
avoiding bad thoughts, drinking good wine, don't eat fruit because <laughs> of gnats. What? Well, and not only that, but some but some uh, people, like the Pope, for instance, at the time, um, I think it was Borgia, ate like, uh, he ate like oranges. No, Borgia came after that. It was the Pope before him ate like oranges, like, because he, he depended on who your doctor was. If you had like, if you accepted only Christian doctors, you would get bad advice. Yeah. But if you would get like Muslim doctors, you would eat like citrus fruits, yeah. which are full of vitamin C. So, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, you won the top six challenge. Congratulations, Lee. Well, you can't ask me history questions. You know that. Well, I just... thought these might be a little off. And you didn't get the ones I thought you'd, I'd hope you'd get. So, uh, well, you still won anyway. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate I that. wanted you it's to know the first question, which you said you did, but you didn't answer. The great mortality, the pestilence. Yeah, but I mean, I, I wasn't thinking like that, you know. Whatever. I don't know. I wasn't in the right mind. I've been I've been drinking. Wow, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, you yeah. won. So thanks, buddy. It's the first top six challenge you ever won. So congratulations on that. Aside from last week, when I hit that. I don't think you've ever won before. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I remember know. I hit the the one about gunpowder and all that stuff. No, nah, I don't remember that. I I don't yeah. think you've ever won. Okay. Right, <laughs> bit. It's all our right. bit. It's our, yeah. it's our bit. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm surprised you came out. You should never ask me anything about history. You know that. Should always Whatever. be like, if I, if I was going to do the, the top six on this one, it would be about name these good guys, and then, like, it would be, like, pop culture questions. Wait, what are good guys? Like, any good guy. I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. Oh, I don't so You tell me. Like, no, anime. I don't play, I don't play your games. Yeah, <laughs> black death. You, black. you just put money in the machine. I don't play your machine. I know games. exactly. I do. I just get the quarters in. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, whatever. All right. Well, thank you, Lee. As always. My Until pleasure. next time. Thank you so much.